What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome everybody back to the Still Curtain Podcast. <clears throat> Your normal host, Tommy Jagai, still out uh, with uh, taking care of his newborn uh, child. So definitely shout out to him. Hopefully he's watching today. It'll just be me today, Shane Kubis, uh, contributor to Still Curtain. But a little bit of a shorter show today, just myself here. But we're going to go over everything we normally go over today, talk about some trending Steelers news, talk about the offense finally showing some signs of life. So we'll get right into that. Uh, again, let's start with, <clears throat> excuse me, the... Trending Steelers news of the week here. Uh, a lot to talk about with the team, especially with the win, uh, starting with the Steelers win versus the Bengals. Still ugly, unfortunately, guys. You know, and if you're in the chat, definitely fire off some questions for me today since I'll be doing it myself. Definitely could focus on some questions for everyone watching. But again, an ugly win, 16 to 10, still, you know, looking for points, but the offense itself looks much better, obviously. Um, first 400-yard game, we'll talk a little bit about that, and over 58 games you know, going into this week. So definitely some signs of life for the offense. It's going to be a big point of uh, topic for the show today. But overall, you'll take a win, right? This this team still won the way that we kind of want to see them not win, where they you know, should be able to take over an, appoint, an opponent that's starting a backup quarterback, especially without Joe Burrow out there, especially. But they get it done. You know, The first half was ugly, you know, 7-3, to three, but – they ultimately finish it out. So some winners for me, for sure. You have to start with the offense in general. I mean, not everybody played well. There is definitely some moments where, you know, you, you wish you could have gotten more out of Deontay Johnson, especially with the little fumble fiasco and him just kind of waltzing around, not sure what to do, I guess, or whatever it may have been. Um, but that, for the most part, wasn't a big issue. The run game was still very solid, still strong. Najee Harris got his turn. We'll talk about that too. But a big winner, especially Kenny Pickett. Looked like an NFL quarterback for really one of the first times all year. Um, had one of his best games, if not his best overall game as a Steeler. Still no touchdowns. You know, that's going to be a talking point for everybody. But they got he gets the win, 278 yards, really efficient. Had a couple of big plays down the field. Like, that's what we need to see from him moving forward if we're going to, you know, have him continue to be the quarterback going into next year. So hoping you can continue to see that for sure. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, some other winners, you know, you got to give TJ Watt. I mean, granted, he's pretty much always going to be a winner every week, but two, two more sacks. Uh, currently now tied with Neil, the Neil Hunter after Monday Night Football with 13 and a half sacks on the year for this for the sack lead uh, on a 20 plus sack pace again. You know, can he do it? Sure, seems like it's possible. I mean, it, it depends on you know how we finish out the year and you know how much they need to play because they didn't play a lot of snaps for the first time really all season. They only played about 41 offense uh, defensive snaps, I believe. So getting that production despite not being on the field much is definitely really encouraging. Um, some losers, I mean, Jalen Warren kind of came back down to earth after a, just a torrid stretch for the past few weeks. I mean, over six yards to carry for the last few weeks. You had the big game last week where has like over 100 yards on nine carries, and everyone was calling for him to get the ball more. And I think that's still true. I'm not saying that, you know, that was the wrong thing to say, but him and Najee work really well together, right? Like you have to acknowledge that this is a backfield tandem and not just a backfield that you could sprinkle in one or the other. They both have to touch the football 10 plus times. They both did in this game. And despite the fumble, you know, Warren, Warren still had a good game, just maybe not the same level we'd seen from him previously. But still, that that duo is really the, the lifeblood of the offense, had been even before they started to pick things up in this last game. So you hope you can continue to see more of that. Um, but as we talked about before as well, though, Kenny Pickett has one of his best games as a Steeler, and I think there's no doubt about that. If you go back and watch the tape, which I'm not sure how many of you really have the ability to do that, even if you go back and watch you know, highlights, whatever, just where he threw the ball was important. He threw over the middle of the field multiple times to Pat, you know, hitting outbreaking routes, just looked way more comfortable as a passer. And it really the big thing is the downfield shots because that's what's been missing from this offense outside of the middle of the field, obviously. If you look at his spray chart, Finally looks like an NFL offense and not just a guy out there just being asked to throw out routes and screens to the outside. So super encouraging stuff there. But overall, again, no touchdowns, but no no turnovers. You know, we know he's not going to turn the ball over a lot. That's a big part of his game. You just hope more touchdowns can can happen. Obviously, he had one with Deontay that everyone's been talking about. It was it the touchdown, was it not? I think that by the rule, but the way it's described, technically it was. I don't know if those refs overturn it. But I think it was a challenge that was worth, you know, throwing out there for Tomlin. But we know he does not do well at challenges. That's one part of his game that really isn't that great. So it is what it is. You know, you, you hope more touchdowns come. And we'll talk actually about maybe that happening here against the Cardinals coming up later. But still, you got to give it up to Kenny. He's been under a lot of pressure from, you know, myself even. You know, Tommy and I both have talked a lot about him throughout the year and the lack of production. And in this game, it finally felt like maybe there is something there with him. Even this year, you know, going into next year now, we know we're pretty confident he's going to be the quarterback again unless something really bad happens down the stretch. But I think for the first time this season, we have hoped you know, that he actually can develop into the guy that we thought he could based on his preseason results. So Najee Harris, you know, got to talk about him too. We talked about him as a winner, uh, has his turn as the catalyst in the run game. Jalen's been kind of the guy last few weeks, even though he hasn't always got the most touches. Now, Harris gets the most touches by a little bit, but also makes the most of them. 15 carries, 99 yards. Realistically, probably his best 
game of his career that other than the Browns game his rookie year, the last year, the last game of the year. And even that was pretty much just a big run near the end that kind of propped him up. But this was a very solid game throughout. Had very few, you know, I don't know if he had a negative run. I know he had a few shorter runs, but had a couple big, like 15 plus yard runs down the field, lowering his shoulder, looking like the power back that I think he needs to be if he's going to be in the league for a long time, especially for the Steelers. I think, again, him and Warren, as that backfield tandem this is the traditional thunder and lightning backfield. And I've always been a big fan of that. When teams can do that, I go back to thinking about like Jamal Charles and Thomas Jones in the early 2010s, whenever, you know, Jamal was kind of coming up and like, obviously different dynamic there, but I think anytime you have, or, you know, Mark Ingram, even in, um, Alvin Kamara, a couple of years, you know, for the Saints, like that type of dynamic where you have a really solid all around back. And then a guy who's got a little bit more explosiveness, more pass catching chops, like, Though that combination can just be really hard for defenses because every time one of those guys are in there, your entire identity as an offense is different. And also, more importantly, the defense has to adjust to that because you can't attack those guys the exact same way. So hoping to continue to see both of them get a lot of carries. Definitely still happen in this game. Just happened to be Najee that had the more explosive day. So definitely good for him. And last bit of Steelers news, and this is a huge one as well. Nika Fitzpatrick looks to practice for the first time since his injury today. That's the expectation. We're hoping to have him back for the Cardinals game. Him being out so long and not going on IR was an interesting choice, but I guess they were hoping that he could play sooner than this. I think maybe they were hoping last week was the target date, but either way, Trenton Thompson did a good job in his stead. DeMonte KZ is still a solid starter. Getting Minka back and hopefully with a little bit of rejuvenated secondary with Joey Porter Jr. now starting full-time and just all of that. I'm hoping to see more of the playmaker aspect of Minka's game where really most of the season before he got hurt, he was pretty much the cleanup guy, just trying to salvage whatever he could in the secondary. So definitely looking forward to talking about him more once he gets back on the field. We'll have a mostly you know healthy group on defense other than the linebackers, of course, which can't do anything about that at this point. But Real quick, guys, before we jump into the rest of the show here, the Still Curtain Podcast is running a deposit match promotion up to $100 for any new Sleeper Daily Fantasy user. Um, I use Sleeper personally for my fantasy leagues. Um, I don't haven't used their, excuse me, their daily fantasy aspects of things yet, but uh, you are able to go on there and use their code FANSIDED2 when signing up to receive your deposit match. Please remember to always game responsibly. And let me get the QR code up here for you here. Up at the top of the screen here, you should see that. You can scan that code and get the uh, – <clears throat> without having to put the, the fan side two in, and you'll be able to go right to the Sleeper app. It'll take you there to sign up if you're not already a member there. So uh, scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. Moving forward here, we're going to talk about the Steelers offense. That's definitely the biggest topic of conversation around this team right now. We're going to jump into <clears throat> can the Steelers offense build upon their post-candidate debut. It's very funny and I think very telling, and we've talked about it for years now really, but especially on this show for this year, that we we really weren't 100% sure how much of the blame to put on Canada just because the quarterback situation was rough and Kenny wasn't playing well within it and all this stuff, right? They have issues everywhere. But I think it's telling, and I think it may have been even worse than we gave it credit for considering the fact that the last game that the Steelers played without Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator before this week was a 400-yard performance total. Granted, it wasn't a great performance. That was the Browns' playoff game, I believe. But still, <laughs> you get 400 yards before he shows up as the offense coordinator. The first game without him, after you know so many games, 400 yards again. 
that's uh, pretty telling is all I can say there. I mean, to get 400 yards after years of waiting for it the first time, if, I would understand if it happened after he left a couple games, they get going. And I know the Bengals defense hasn't been very good this year yards-wise given up. But still, to get 400-plus yards right after the guy's gone, I think that's all you really need to know. right? I mean, we, we knew he was an issue. He may have been even more of an issue for this team than we gave him credit for because of how much different things looked just after not even a full week of preparation without him there. So definitely encouraging. And we're going to start with the most important thing for me. Finally began using the middle of the field, and Muth has a career day. And that was the most disappointing aspect of the Steelers' offense so far this season. I know he was hurt for part of the year as well, but when he was in there, Pat Fryermuth just didn't do anything. It felt like he wasn't really asked to be a part of the offense in the way that he had been really his whole career up to that point, even his first two years, where he was very productive overall. He was one of the more productive tight ends in the league when he was playing. He had some injury issues, of course, with concussions and stuff, but on a per-game basis, he was very, very good. He barely did anything all year, even before he got hurt before this game, and then he comes out in this game, puts up 120 yards on 11 targets, nine catches. He was the catalyst in the passing game for the first time all year, and I think it really is the most important thing that they can do moving forward for Kenny Pickett, where, yeah, you want to attack the middle of the field. The best way to do that and protect the football, third of the 6'5", tight end that is going to catch everything for the most part. I think Canada got away from the middle of the field primarily because he was afraid of turnovers for an offense that he knew was not going to be explosive. He knows his offense is not going to be explosive because he doesn't game plan it to be explosive, clearly. He's not trying to create explosives. So instead of trying to protect, he tries to protect the ball instead of putting it out there in harm's way. And even though he did that, it still didn't lead to any points. And now we do it in the first game back. We still don't turn the ball over, but we were able to attack the middle of the field, right? So it's this back and forth of there's risk management and then there's just being too conservative. We were so far on the conservative end of things that it kept them from creating anything in the middle of the field. First game without him, they're like, no, we can't do that. That's not how the NFL works. It's not how offense works in the NFL. We have to be able to attack that. Um, real quick here, we have a chat here, so. Put this up here for you guys. So I'm not going to sound like a real fan, and it pains me. Everyone is a further setback, more time for Kenny, less draft stock, less looking for the guy, and less call for change. I understand that. Uh, I do, and I know you're returning a watcher here, our Barley 18, but I, I understand the sentiment. I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Kenny is definitely the guy all of a sudden, right? But I think it's telling how different he looked individually around the offense without Canada calling plays. I think it's it's very interesting to see what he can do the rest of the year now that they have the ability to attack parts of the field that they weren't trying to attack before. Because in college, Kenny was a much better passer in the middle of the field than he was on the outside to the numbers. He's not been a bad passer out to the numbers considering how often he's asked to do it as a, as a pro, but he still is better as a middle of the field thrower. The fact that, you know, again, Pat has a career day, Kenny has one of his best performances. I want to see what he looks like moving forward before I make that judgment. And, yeah, again, for what to get embarrassed in the playoffs and Mikey T to have another non-losing season, that's the standard now. Don't blow Tomlin's steam, a stream who cares about being an elite team. Again, totally fair. I'm not saying that this team is all of a sudden fixed by any means, but I do think just the small changes that they made already, right, being willing to go to the middle of the field, being able to use 13 personnel, it's a big thing that they used three tight ends multiple times in that game, more than they had all year. 
And I think that helped open up the run game for Najee a little bit. I think it helps open up things in the passing games that did throw out of it a little bit. There's things you can do because we're, we're not going to change this offense overnight. Like they're not going to put in a new scheme. That's not how that works, unfortunately. It'd be great if they could. It's the middle of an NFL season. You cannot do that. But what they can do is they can take out plays that weren't working. This, you know, Not doing the second and 10 runs, not doing the sprint options constantly with just shrinking the field and only having one or two guys to throw to. They can go over the middle of the field more. They can purposely do so. That type of stuff is what we already saw just in the first week. More might be coming that can help open this offense up even more. And if Kenny's confidence can get back, we saw at the end of last year. I know he wasn't, you know, putting up explosive numbers or putting up a bunch of touchdowns, but the offense was at least moving well enough with the run game as the catalyst. And I think you could get back to that and even a little bit more with this current grouping now that they have Faulkner and Sullivan running the show. So that's what I'm hoping. And speaking of the run game, we talked about that earlier. The run game picked up right where it had been in recent weeks. So that wasn't an issue because there was, you know, an element of Canada's game where he was really getting the run game going, going down to the sidelines, being able to be with the guys on the offensive line and the running backs. I think that really helped him kind of get the running game back on track after really a rough start to the year. And I was curious, you know, would that change at all? Would there be any differences in the run game? Would, would they start to regress there? Clearly not. And I, I think Faulkner, especially being the actual offensive coordinator technically and Sullivan calling plays, I think splitting those duties was really important because now Faulkner can focus on, okay, what type of stuff do I want to see in the game plan? What plays do I want to see run? And then I can let Mike know, okay, this is the type of stuff we want to run. Let me focus on working with the guys. You focus on calling plays. I think that that is the, the key to this right now because I don't think it's going to be the future of this offensive coordinator position. At least I hope not. You know, maybe they can prove me wrong down the stretch, but it's a small sample size no matter what. I don't know if I want to you know, commit to something like this long term. But I think having those guys split those duties is really important so they can continue to coach the quarterbacks in Sullivan's case and the running backs in Faulkner's case. That's really going to be a big thing down the stretch. And it, it showed up in this game that Faulkner clearly has his pulse, you know, the pulse of that running back room and knows what to do with it. So that was definitely huge as well. And we talked about this a little bit ago, again, broke the 58-game the streak of 400 yards not being eclipsed on offense. Is a 30-point showing next? That's, for me, the next step for this offense. Is we've seen you now move the football, sustain drives, have way more plays than your opponent. Again, the Bengals are in a tough spot. Their offense is really rough. They couldn't really run the ball. They didn't try to run the ball. They asked Browning to do way too much. All that is the case. However, you're about to play a Cardinals team that we're going to break down here a little bit that you can certainly put up points on, you can certainly put up yards on. We need to see it against a team that they're clearly better than, and we need to see points this time. Because obviously one for four in the red zone is rough as an offense. They had some miscues, all that stuff. This offense is not all of a sudden going to be a top 10 offense, but I think it can be a middle of the road offense. And if you compare that to what we were before that, that's that means a lot of games we can win that we couldn't win before. And some games that we might be able to put away that we haven't been able to put away before. And I think this game coming up against the Cardinals is going to be the test for this new offensive. What can they actually accomplish as a, as a unit totally? 16 points was not enough against most teams. It hasn't been. That's been our biggest issue. we got to have at least 20-plus, if not closer to 30. And that's, that's what I'm definitely going to be looking for in that game. Speaking of which, let's jump into that here in a second here. But the Still Curtain podcast, again, I want to let you guys know if you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers football and you would like to support the Still Curtain uh, podcast, please make sure you subscribe to the Still Curtain podcast on YouTube. You're watching right now. 
We appreciate you so much for that. And again, we will have content every week moving forward for the rest of the season and into the off season where we dive into whatever may happen from there. So definitely check it out. Moving forward here, we're going to talk about the Cardinals games. So again, Steelers versus Cardinals week 13. A lot of history between this team. Obviously, there's the Super Bowl. The the, the players, they would seem to always vote from us in like the late 2000s, early 2010s. It seems like we're just trading players all the time. So a lot of history between these teams. But this year, they're in very, very different places. Obviously, the Cardinals kind of came into the year with the idea of tanking for the most part. Kyler Murray was going to be out you know, at least half the year, and that's exactly what happened. And again, an old friend of the Steelers, Josh Dobbs, was their quarterback for the first eight weeks. You know, a lot of parallels there, but, you know, Murray's back. They, they're still not a good team, but they're a very competitive team. Again, they've, they've been able to beat some teams, specifically the Cowboys early in the year, that they realistically shouldn't have been in contention with. They're scrappy. You know, Gannon has done a good job coming over from the Eagles, Jonathan Gannon, the head coach, of getting his guys to play hard. And I think that's really an important step in a rebuild and a kind of a retooling of a, of a team is can you find somebody to come in and – build the culture up, convince these guys that, hey, you know, we're not great right now, and I think everybody knows that, and maybe even being honest about that, but what we can do is play harder than everyone else and actually come out and hit people in the mouth. And I think he's done a good job of that. But, again, this is not a very talented football team. Even with Kyler Murray back, he doesn't have a ton to work with, and that's where the Steelers can definitely take advantage of them overall. Um, let's talk about the odds real quick. Pretty indicative of the Cardinals' season. Five and a half point home favorites for the Steelers, 40 and a half over under. Again, pretty fair. We don't expect probably either of these teams to put up a ton of points necessarily. Again, I, I am a little bit more hopeful for the Steelers' offense than I would have been before, but still, five and a half point uh, home favorites means we're about a two and a half points neutral favorite, which again feels fair. I mean, the Steelers do not beat people soundly no matter who they are. So I can't really say that the Cardinals are, you know, which should be given more points to that, or we should, we should be given more points than the four and uh, five and a half, but. Overall, I think this is a pretty fair line. This is what I would have expected it to be at. I've seen lines, you know, that of against the Cardinals of teams where I think the Steelers are pretty similar caliber of, you know, plus nine, plus ten. But I think Kyler being back and showing that he is at least, you know, back to himself kind of skews things a little bit because you never know if he could go off. But again, pretty fair odds there. Um, overall, I'm not going to be surprised if this is a very close game again because this is just what the Steelers do. Even with this new offense, the way things looked against the Bengals. There were miscues that still kept it close, and then maybe that's just what this team is, right? Maybe they're just a team that can't win big, but they can win more than we think they're going to. I think down the stretch you're going to see more of, you know, hopefully a couple of sound wins. We do have some really not so great opponents coming up, especially the Cardinals, and you know, coming up after them the Patriots on Thursday night. So there's going to be moments, and there's going to be games where this team can show that they're able to soundly beat another NFL team where they haven't been able to do that this year. So, again, all one-score games in terms of their wins so far. Matchups to watch. There's a couple key ones for sure. Uh, T.J. Watt versus Parrish Johnson Jr., that's a big one. Rookie offensive tackle for them has played relatively well. I mean, he's a rookie tackle. It's hard to expect a whole lot from rookie tackles. Even Roger Jones has kind of played. Especially the eye test is a little bit better than some of the grades that they've been giving out to him. But – he, he's an exception for playing as well as he has at times. Like most guys just aren't able to do that. It's a very hard position to come in and play in the NFL, especially nowadays with how offenses work in college. It's just hard to come into an, an NFL system, especially one like the Steelers run or the Cardinals are now running where you're going to need to do a little bit more true pass sets, things like that. But overall, he's held up okay. 
this is a tough matchup, though. We we know that. TJ should get his. You're expecting Kyler to have to run around a lot. The question is, can we corral him, I guess, really? Because he's going to be under pressure. He's been under pressure so far when he's come back. He was under pressure a lot when he when they had a better team, even. like This is kind of how he plays, right? He's going to run around. He's going to try to make plays. Can TJ prevent some of that from happening? And also Highsmith on the other end against DJ Humphreys. But especially watching to see what Watt can do against the rookie. Um, Steelers secondary versus speedy Cardinals receivers. This one worries me a little bit because they have some speed, whether it's Marquise Brown or Marquise Brown, sorry, for that they brought over from the Ravens last year, or even <laughs> Rondell Moore is not a traditional receiver, but he's a guy I could see easily getting deep on us because of his speed. Uh, Greg Dortch also is a pretty speedy guy, more quick than, than fast, but a smaller guy, probably tough to stay with. Like, not a great matchup for the Steelers secondary. It's just I can see a lot of open guys in the middle of the field because of their speed. And I, I think it's going to be really on the onus of the pass rush to prevent that from being an issue because Joey should be able to hang with whoever he's up against. You know, he's fast enough to run with these guys. Outside of him, especially if Minka doesn't play, which we're, we're hoping he does, so that should hope, hopefully keep the lid on the defense a little bit more. But if he can't go especially, you're really going to have to worry about guys getting over the top on us. Um Another comment here. So I don't think he looked different. Still made awful throws. Still misreads. Better play calls. Yes, I watched all twenty-two three times. He was two and nine coming off his coming off the first rate. Again, we're going back to Kenny uh, for a second. I, I think the biggest thing though is the the play calls, right? And I, I think obviously coming off his first read, there's some issues with pressure, and he didn't do well under pressure in that game. Where traditionally, especially in college and even in the NFL, he hasn't been too terrible under pressure a lot of the time. This year has been different. I think he definitely has just kind of gotten in his head a little bit about it. But overall, I was still – the offense looked better. That, that's the end game of it all. Like how much better it looked is up for debate. How much it will matter moving forward is up for debate. But I'm just glad that they actually found something that worked in the passing game to move. And you know whether that's going to work every week, obviously it's hard to say. You hope that you can diversify things as they get more comfortable calling plays with the new group. Um, some other matchups that I wanted to get into again, the, the secondary is what it is. We kind of know there's going to be open lanes. It's just, can they force turnovers? Can the pass rush get home? That hasn't changed at all. And it's not going to change this year, unfortunately. Um, but talk about Kenny Pickett again, Kenny Pickett versus Cardinals safety tandem, especially uh, Buda Baker. Um, <clears throat> and I f- thought I had his name written down here, but I know their other safety is also very good as well. Those two, especially how they decided to play this, because there was a lot of middle of the field open against the Steelers generally, because they know they're not going to throw it down the middle of the field, right? They're willing to give lanes down the middle because up up to this point, they haven't shown that they're going to stop that from happening, right? They can play the sidelines, they can squeeze the sidelines and, and prevent big plays down the sidelines. Now with Muth showing up the way he did and just the just proving that they're willing to do it because they hadn't put it on tape that they're willing to throw down the middle of the field. Now that they have done that, our defense is going to overcorrect. Because I feel like if you play a lot of middle field close against this team, Deontay and George Pickens can both stack and shed on the outside and get up the field and, and get down on the sidelines. We've seen it happen multiple times for Deontay. We've seen George Pickens do it. That's something that they could go to if they try to close up the middle of the field as an overcorrection to what the Steelers are doing now. I So I think the safeties are going to be a big part of it, not only just how they play but where they line up. Because, again, if they're playing too high a lot of the time and they're keeping the middle of the field open, they're probably going to see a lot of the same concepts we saw against the Bengals. If they do try to close things up, can they win on the outside and throw down the field again like Kenny did show a couple times in the Bengals game? I think either way, 
there's an avenue there to get a lot of chunk yardage because, again, the Cardinals just aren't that great of a defense, realistically, especially a corner. They are just – they're just not that great a corner, man. I mean, against our receivers, we should have a very easy matchup. I say should. Now, with this passing game, other than last week, nothing is easy necessarily. Definitely nothing is guaranteed to be easy. But I think there's at least an argument to be made that we should expect a lot more production than even last week, honestly. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, speaking of production, this is kind of my big take of the week, I'll call it, or just what I'm looking to see more so than anything else. Will Kenny Pickett have his first three touchdown game? That feels like asking for too much from him at this point. I mean, he has only six touchdown passes on the year, so he'd be getting a half of them all that he already has in one game. But this is what we need to see at this point, right? We need to see this offense come out and actually score points, and I think specifically through the air because if we're ever going to see Kenny be the best version of himself, even though the confidence looks like it was back against the Bengals, him scoring the ball three times through the air would be huge for him. Something he hasn't done as a pro. He's only had two touchdowns once, I believe it is, or twice. It's one of the two. Who knows at this point? I couldn't tell you. It happens to him frequently. It's hard to tell. But honestly, this is a big thing for me because the Cardinals are 15th in passing yards. So they're not giving up a ton of yards necessarily, but they've given up the 29th most touchdowns given. Their 29th in touchdowns allowed. That's a big thing for a team like us that is trying to find their identity on offense now that they've fired Canada. I want it to be more of Pickett, I just because I want to see him do it. I want to find that answer out right now while we have the opportunity to find it out. But it's still probably going to be a heavy dose of the run game. We're probably going to run the ball out of the red zone. But just get a couple passing touchdowns. Just get him where he's comfortable and he can show, okay, I actually can score the football through the air. He just hasn't done it much. He has the lowest touchdown percentage of any passer with over 500 attempts to start his career. That, has, that number has to come up. It, it just has to. So if it's ever going to happen, this feels like a good week to do it. He'll have a couple other opportunities down the stretch to do it as well, but realistically, this is probably his best bet down the stretch. Um, talk about some keys to success for the Steelers. Um, other than what I just talked about with Kenny, I think him getting the ball in the end zone a couple times through the air is going to be really important because not just for winning this game, but again for his confidence because we need to see him get to the point where, okay, we can trust him with the football to throw 34, you know, 30, 35, 40 times a game if we have to. That's the thing he hasn't proven because we haven't really given him the chance to prove that is in a playoff scenario, especially if you go up against a, you know, whether it's the Ravens or Miami or whoever it is, can you go blow for blow with those teams? If you have to, we have not found that out. I mean, I personally don't think we can anyway, but I, I at least want to find that answer out at some point before it's too late. Cause going into next year, if we still don't really know enough about Kenny, I, what do you do in the offseason? We know the Steelers are going to move off of him, so they're not going to draft somebody else, at least not somebody high that can actually take his job. They're probably going to roll with the same group of guys as a quarterback, and they're probably going to try to do the same stuff they did this year just with a different offensive coordinator, just hopefully with more success. So we might never really find that answer out with him until it's too late to know if we should keep him as a quarterback long term. So I want to see him air it out a little bit against a team you can do that against and hopefully one that you can afford to make a couple mistakes against and still win, let him go out there and prove that he can do it. That's definitely a big key for me. Also, of course, you have to keep the running game up. The Cardinals are a very bad run defense, one of the worst in the league. They're just soft in the middle. They don't have a ton of beef in there. It's, it's tough for them, so it's nothing against the Cardinals necessarily. But because of that, you have to take advantage of that. I think a big one is going to be Najee again. I think he's the guy that because they aren't so big in the middle and they're not super tough, in my opinion, they, they play hard, but I don't think they're very – they're just not set up to succeed against the run right now. 
that's got to be a, a guy that should get going. And then obviously Warren is going to get his hopefully too. But I think that if I had to guess who has the better game again, probably Najee takes it again. And not that Jalen isn't going to play well, but I think that he just matches up better with this front and trying to run against them. Not a ton of speed out there. you know. So his, his lack of explosiveness won't be as much of an issue against a team like that. Overall, though, the running game should have a ton of success. And you know, maybe they don't need to throw the ball a lot, and maybe the three touchdowns thing is asking too much, but I'm hoping that they at least try to establish that in this game too. Um, defensively, it's about the pass rush like it always is. right? The secondary is going to have issues with Kyler. It's going to have issues with the receivers. We kind of know that. I'm also a little bit worried about Trey McBride because he's been on a heater since Kyler came back, and we're not great at – you know, especially without the linebackers now. Not so great at, at guarding tight ends traditionally, so – Watch out for him for sure, but the pass rush has to get home, and generally we have to force probably two turnovers because the Cardinals can play on offense, especially with Kyler back. Like they're going to be able to put up points if you let them. If you do not get after Kyler enough, if you if you don't take the ball away a couple of times, they're going to probably score twenty plus points, and you're going to have to then hold serve with them back. And we haven't shown we can do that yet. So let's get the pass rush going. Let's get a couple of turnovers. Traditional. Every game that they've won, that's exactly what happens. They get a couple turnovers, a couple sacks, whatever it is. Same keys as always for the defense, so no changes there. Uh, last thing we'll talk about, unless we get any more chats here, is just game predictions, right? And obviously it's a bit of a shorter show with me doing it myself, but I wanted to spend some time on this one because I have a couple specific predictions on top of just the score. So I'm going to go with a 28-17 to 17 Steelers win. It's our first two-score win of the year. I do think that this is the week to do it, even though I do think Kyler is going to be able to move this, you know, move the offense for them and, and get some points on us. Ultimately, it's not enough because I do think Kenny does have a three-touchdown day. I think either Najee or Warren, probably Najee, like I said, gets that other score on the ground, gets us 28. Boswell has a bit of a rest after just a really rough season for him in terms of having to kick a ton of balls. Not the, Glad to have him. You know, Definitely not complaining that he's kicking a lot as long as it's points, but – He's the second leading scorer technically, I think, on the team or something. I forget exactly. I'd have to double check that. But he's like scored half of our points. It's it's pretty insane. So he gets a little bit of a rest, just a couple, of, <clears throat> just excuse me, just a couple extra points, and we get a pretty comfortable win. But on top of that, I want to say that I think TJ has another big day. I think against a rookie tackle, against a guy that is going to run around and give him opportunities to get some sacks. I think he's going to have a three-plus sack day. I think he's going to really firmly put himself you know, head in the sack race and give him a chance that now that Garrett has his injury and some other guys have slowed down a little bit, give him a chance to collect another defensive player of the year or at least another sack title. That's definitely something I see happening for him. So let me know, you guys, in the comments. You know, Let me know what you think is going to happen in this game, specific predictions, score predictions, whatever it is. And we'll get <clears> – <throat> excuse me, we'll be back with you guys next week. I will hopefully not be by myself for that one. I'm going to try to find some Patriots guys to jump on and talk about uh, the Patriots a little bit because they've had, obviously, a very rough season. <clears throat> so we'll talk more about them next week before Thursday night. Uh, but, again, we go live on YouTube every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Hopefully we'll be back with our Tuesday shows as well, starting either next week or the week after when Tommy gets back. So we'll start that up again. And thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow me <clears throat> at – Shane Kubis on Twitter right here on the screen. I'll pull it up for you guys. Um, Tommy's not here right now, but you can follow him for Steelers content at Tommy Jagai. You can download the Still Curtain podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also check us out on YouTube, of course, or ask Alexa to play the Still Curtain podcast. Thank you for listening to the Still Curtain podcast. And again, I'll see you guys next week.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.